This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The big UFO congressional hearing is today. Who stands to benefit the most from it? How about the military-industrial complex? This is the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. You're going to hear a lot over the next couple of days about UFOs, now known as UAPs, because this highly anticipated congressional hearing on unidentified anomalous phenomena is today, started at 10 a.m., and apparently it was a hot ticket because there were reports claiming that there might not even be enough space in the room to accommodate for everyone who wanted to be in attendance. I guess people just wanted to be there in case they rolled out one of those corpses of those dead, non-human, intelligent beings that our government apparently has stored in like a ice cooler in Alaska or Colorado or something like that. I don't know that I believe that story about a standing room only hearing, in audience anyway, or, or devastated UFO enthusiast being turned away at the door. But what I do believe, what I do believe, is that that's what they want us to believe. Because they want all of us paying attention to this subject, not just now, but in the foreseeable future. This is going to be going on for a little while. They can capture the attention of both sides of the aisle and every, everyone in between with this subject of UFOs. And while they have everyone's attention, they can take that opportunity to pump some propaganda into the heads of a much broader bipartisan audience than they typically can get access to in one television event. I mean, more than anything else, this UFO hearing is an extraordinary propaganda opportunity for the powers that be. And I believe that is exactly what the ultimate purpose of this is, is the propaganda messaging. No, they don't hold mass viewing events like this that so many people are interested in without having a propaganda purpose at the heart of what's going on. Uh, that doesn't mean that there won't be true things said or revelations that are somewhat true. It just means that without the propaganda purpose built into it, none of it would be happening. And I hate to say it because I believe aliens probably exist. I say this all the time. But if people are tuning into this thing hoping that we're finally going to get full disclosure on the subject of aliens and what the government knows about UFOs and all that, they're probably going to be a little bit let down. They're not going to be entirely let down because, as I said, they can't just dash people's hopes altogether. People will stop paying attention to the future hearings. They will give people breadcrumbs, and those breadcrumbs will come in the form of the, the assertions and the claims made by the three witnesses. One of those witnesses being a secondhand source who has no actual proof of any of it, but everyone tells us is the most credible person in the world. And the, the other two witnesses providing us with firsthand accounts of the blips on a radar that they saw with their own eyes. We're getting a hearing full of sensational claims from a secondhand source with no verifiable information and a couple of guys who saw blips on a radar while they were flying. Proof. 
and a bunch of circular cooperation that all just creates this illusion of proof of anything. This is exactly how a psychological operation works, a propaganda campaign, which is why it's hard for me to view this as anything other than that. So obviously, I don't think we're going to get anything useful in the you know form of UFO disclosure, alien disclosure from this hearing. I think we're just going to get filled with uh, attempts to melt our brain with propaganda. And for me anyway, if no one in Congress asks those pilots, if none of them ask them in regards to those radar blips, if it's possible that they were the target of a cognitive electronic warfare attack and that could actually be what explains what they saw on their radar, no one asked them that question. This is not a serious hearing. I played the clip of that DARPA chick who was speaking at Georgia Tech who described something very similar as a situation that these pilots describe when it comes to what they saw on the radar, except she is talking about it from the development of cognitive electronic warfare, disruptive technology, classified technology she could only reveal to us a little bit about that can make pilots think that they see something on their radar that is not actually there, that can disrupt their perception of reality. It's embarrassing if that question doesn't come up and an obvious sign of either incompetence or that this is not a serious inquiry. I guess it wouldn't be a serious one either way. It's all bait, in my opinion, with the UFO stuff. Get us there with the UFO stuff so that they can propagandize us as well as members of Congress whose vote they need to get people's support for what the hearing is really about, which I think is ultimately about getting unified nationwide support for historic increases in advanced weapons technology spending, taxpayer-funded, obviously, as well as giving the government the power to confiscate under an eminent domain clause in a new piece of legislation any new technologies created by a private individual or a private corporation under the guise of helping the government's effort to expedite the development of those advanced weapons technologies so that we can compete and survive, compete with UFO technology. Ultimately, it will be revealed, not anytime soon. It's hinted at all the time, but it might be, could be months or years. Then it is China and their technology development that we are truly competing with. And there will be far less resistance, far more eager support if people truly are afraid that an otherworldly or interdimensional craft is threatening our very existence. That's something we can all get behind. You know, then a few months down the road, oops, turns out it wasn't aliens, it was China. Look at this article from yesterday from nationalinterest.org. The headline is, Why America is Losing the Tech War with China. The subheadline says, It is simply too late to try to suppress China. The United States must either spend seriously on research and development, along with industrial policy, or it will lose the race for 21st century technological supremacy. I've seen all of these articles and YouTube videos the past couple of days about how the Department of Defense is worried about being blindsided by the technological supremacy of a UAP or a UFO, which is why we need to hold these hearings and figure out what to do about it and invest in all the you know, research and development. And they probably are worried about that, except it's not interdimensional beings that are worried about getting blindsided with the technological advances of. It's China. It's China. It's their technological supremacy. At least that is what the narrative will ultimately be. When I talk about this stuff, I'm talking about it and where the narrative is going. Whether or not it's true, 
or it itself is propaganda down the road. That's not what I'm speaking of. I'll, I'll specifically say that if it is. But this is where the narrative is heading. And not immediately, like I said. It, it's, it's a slow build. They play the long game. And in regards to that, if you watch these think tank panel discussions at the CSIS or the Brookings Institution or CFR or wherever, where sometimes they have these high-ranking military officials come in, these strategists or information warfare operators, whatever, war domain guys, and they frequently talk about how China can quite often more rapidly develop technology than we can because they don't have democracy slowing them down. They don't have to deal with a back-and-forth debate, figuring it out, listing to each other. They have a dictator in Xi who can decide what the goal is and what they're going to do, then through the laws of China can pursue that goal through a nationwide, singularly focused effort where all of the country's resources are diverted to making that thing happen. Can't do that over here. Not like that anyway. They can't force us. Not in an obvious way where we recognize that, that we're being forced to. But what they can do is they can propagandize us into unifying and focusing our nationwide effort singularly onto that, onto the thing that they wanted us to, that they would have forced us to had they been able to. It's like war propaganda. They have to unify the nation around the cause of war. It's similar to that. They want to get as much of the nation as possible behind a cause that serves the national interest, their interest, that they will call the national interest and use fear to make us feel like it is so that we are cool just as, just for now because of the extreme circumstances diverting all of our taxpayer money, most of our resources, and you know, having the entire country fight for the cause of accelerating the rapid development of advanced technology weapons and crafts. Because it is what we must do in the face of a far more technologically advanced threat, which up until they tell us is China, many will think are UFOs, aliens. That's what's going on, I'm telling you. And I'm not saying there won't be some events that show off craft revealings or or proof aliens seeing Anderson Cooper. What I'm saying is, ultimately, that will all be revealed to be the illusion because this is the Great Reset. It was always going to lead to the United States stepping back in power, China rising as a power, and increasing conflict with China. I don't know if there's going to be an all-out war, but that is what the Great Reset was always leading to. And when you look at all of this stuff through that and you see the, the hints and clues, the mentions, the sensational stuff that just is not believable versus the more mundane stuff that is, they wouldn't be able to keep all of our attention if they were just talking about how China this or China that, we're going to fight them. They need aliens to do that. They wouldn't be able to unify a nationwide effort is, is what I'm saying because people would believe that they're making it up, partly. And maybe they are. So that is what I believe. However, that doesn't mean that I don't think there's going to be some interesting things that come from this hearing or or some revelations made. I think it's still worth paying attention to, even for the propaganda purposes. But also, they're going to do some interesting things because they are really trying to capture people's attention and get some talking points. They want to cause a little bit of an upheaval of the societal norms, okay? This is part of that effort. So I do want to talk about the hearing a little bit. We actually already have the opening and closing statements 
from the three witnesses that will be testifying on the subcommittee's webpage because they put that stuff up before the hearing. And I want to go through some of that and point out what I find to be interesting, as well as some of the details of that legislation that's already been passed related to this stuff. That That's where the really interesting stuff is right there. But let's start with basic details of the hearing. The hearing's being held by the Subcommittee on National Security, the Border, and Foreign Affairs, and it's titled Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, Implications on National Security, Public Safety, and Government Transparency. According to the subcommittee's press release, the hearing will explore firsthand accounts of unidentified anomalous phenomena, UAP, and assess the federal government's transparency and accountability regarding UAPs possible threats to U.S. national security, and also highlight legislative efforts to bring transparency to UAPs and require the federal government to provide the American people with information about potential risk to public safety and national security, a.k.a. strike fear in our hearts and minds. The three witnesses who the committee will be hearing testimony from are David Fraber, who's a former Navy fighter pilot and commanding officer, Ryan Graves, also a former Navy fighter pilot, and you might remember this guy, David Grush, the government whistleblower who launched this latest round of UFO frenzy in the media with his News Nation interview back in June. Grush is also a former intelligence officer who, for years, worked in covert operations. Fravor and Graves are there because they are pilots who have encountered one of those tic-tac-shaped UAP crafts that they say demonstrated abilities beyond any known technology to exist and Grush, you might remember from the clips I played on the show, is the guy who claimed during that News Nation whistleblower interview he did that our government, for 90 years, has been covering up a secret UFO crash retrieval and reverse engineering program. They've just been hiding that from the government and the American people for nearly a century. And he also said that the United States government is in possession of multiple downed UFO crafts that are not of this world as well as the corpses of the dead non-human pilots that flew them, and that some Americans have been murdered by some of these non-human intelligent beings. Yeah, just very, just very casual thing he mentioned. I wonder if that, someone will bring that up. If no one asks him about that, no one follows up on that again, not a, real, not a real hearing. If no one says, hey, what about the dead non-human intelligent beings? What about the murder you said happened, Grush? If we're not getting that question, we're not getting any actual investigation here. And by the way, I say non-human because Grush explained during that interview that he does not call them aliens because he doesn't want to designate origin to them because according to him, they could be extraterrestrial, but they could also be interdimensional. It could be from Earth, but just another dimension, he says, and obviously no one wants to accidentally refer to an interdimensional being from Earth as being from outer space. That's embarrassing and possibly offensive. It'd be like referring to a clearly white guy who was born and bred in Alabama as being a Mexican immigrant. It's going to cause a little tension. That's the last thing you need if you're making first contact, okay? Non-human intelligence, by the way, you're going to hear that term a lot. Definitely in the hearing, but just moving forward, every time you hear about UFOs and UAPs, you are going to hear non-human something. All right, let's talk for a minute about the opening and closing statement from the witnesses, Grush, he spends most of his opening statement doing the same thing he does in every interview he gives. Talking about his background for the purpose of trying to establish how immensely credible he is. 
you would think, by the way, Grush talks about himself and the media talks about him, that he is the most credible person who has ever stepped foot on the earth, which is something that he has to do in order to convince people to believe the fantastical claims he's about to make. Because he's not going to provide you any actual evidence to back those claims up. Because he's a secondhand source. And so whether or not we believe what he says doesn't depend on any evidence that we can verify. It depends entirely on how credible we perceive him and how credible we perceive his sources of information to be. And I have to tell you, from my personal perspective here, neither him nor his sources are credible in any way whatsoever. Not an ounce of credibility there, if you ask me, mainly because all of the things he says about himself and his sources to try and convince us to believe that he's telling the truth, that he's credible, the reasons for his credibility, they're all things that couldn't do a better job of proving his lack of credibility. It's like he's trying to convince us never to trust anything that he says with all of the evidence he's providing to prove his credibility and his source's credibility. I mean, in what world does telling people that you're credible because you spent 14 years working in the intelligence community with many of those years spent working as a covert intelligence officer convince people that you're someone to be trusted, that you're someone who tells the truth. What planet are we living on? Did I miss something here? I would think if he wants people to trust him, he would try and hide all of that. And if his career as a covert intelligence officer in the intelligence community isn't enough to make you pause, he goes further. He also tries to assure us that the information he's providing us with is absolutely credible by telling us that he got that information from current and former high-ranking members of the intelligence community. Well, in what world does this convince anybody? To, yeah, I want to... Oh, they're in the intelligence community. I should trust them. I mean, this is a historically bad job at establishing credibility. I don't know that I've ever seen less credibility established in an effort to establish credibility. He essentially says in his opening statement, UFOs are real, guys, and they're here right now, and you should believe this because this information came from the same people who tried to convince the country that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. That alone should just, these hearings shouldn't even happen until we get over that elephant in the room right there. Stop telling us you're credible because you're from the intelligence community and your information is from high-ranking intelligence officials. The only thing the country knows about high-ranking intelligence officials is that they will coordinate to try and lie to the public. And then they'll never even acknowledge it after the fact. Another thing that was interesting in Grush's statement, his closing statement, is what he said, which is exactly what he said in other interviews, which I actually believe this is something he is telling the truth about because he has mirrored this message and it makes sense with what they appear to be trying to do here. And I've talked a lot about it on this show, straight out of the X-Files. Here's what he said. It is my hope that the revelations we unearth through investigations of the non-human reverse engineering programs I have reported will act as an ontological earth-shattering shock, a catalyst for the global reassessment of our priorities. I believe that's true. I do think that that is one of their goals. Grush and everybody involved in this want to create societal-wide shock. And to that point, Graves, in his opening statement, he said this. He said that his understanding is that all UAP videos since 2021 are classified. They're, they're classified secret or above which prevents the American people and even some members of Congress from being able to see many of these UAP videos. 
He then reiterates the same point in his closing statement, saying, The government has compelling UAP data that is only being disclosed in classified settings. If everyone could see the sensor and video data that I have, there is no doubt in my mind that UAP would be a top priority for our defense, intelligence, and scientific communities. This is why they want to create ontological shock. That right there. So that the threat of UAPs turns from something distant and fun to talk about into all of a sudden an urgent matter for everyone that they have to deal with, especially the general public and members of Congress without security clearance. It, it, it suddenly feels like a real threat to them and their families, something that they feel like they must take some sort of action to protect themselves and their families from, which then makes it easy for the government to step in and say, here is what you can do to protect you and your families from this threat that you now know is real. You can support or vote for this legislative agenda that will divert much of our resources and taxpayer dollars to a supercharged defense intelligence scientific research advanced weapons technology program that will help us catch up to the threat. That's how the military-industrial complex wins here. Or rather, I guess the military-industrial-scientific intel complex. It's all focused on advanced weapons technology. It all, you know, merges into one at this point. That's what triggering societal-wide ontological shock enables the powers that be to do. It puts people in a state of fear, panic, fight or flight, far more likely to rely and lean on a government promising to protect them if they just listen to what they say and do what they tell them to do. I talked a few weeks ago about how they're going to have to do something extreme, something similar to the Nahara testimony, the fake babies being pulled out of incubators testimony that duped enough members of Congress into voting yes for war, going entering the Gulf War. They're going to have to do something similar to that if they want to create this type of shock. Because showing us blips on radar and feeding us secondhand accounts ain't going to do it. If they really want to instill people with so much fear that it causes them to reorient their entire perception of reality and shift all of their priorities, putting the fear of and threat of UAPs at the forefront. If they want to do that, while also, by the way, removing most resistance to government propaganda when people are put in that state of fear, if they want to do that, they are going to have to create a situation where people see for themselves, or at least they believe they are seeing for themselves, how advanced, how truly advanced, and how truly threatening this UAP technology is to them personally. The threat of advanced UAP technology needs to be made to feel real and personal to them. Only once that happens will the ontological shock occur. And I think that's what this guy is referencing here. All the scariest, convincing of the threat UAP examples that might could do this are classified and, and they can't show them to anybody. It's like the best propaganda is being Hidden, hidden in a vault, and they want to unleash it. They want to unleash their most fear-inducing propaganda on the public. And to do so, they got to get some of those classification labels removed. This is why they want transparency. That's the disclosure they're talking about. They're not talking about publicly disclosing everything the government knows about UFOs. That is not what the calls for transparency are. They are about eliminating some of those classification barriers that are currently preventing them from showing the public the stuff that'll truly shake them to their core and effectively propagandize them into going along with whatever extreme legislative items they attempt to push through to accelerate 
this development of advanced technology. It's transparency for the sake of getting a legislative mandate to do whatever the hell you want to do and spend however much you want to spend to try and scare the hell out of the American people. Fravor, one of the Navy pilot witnesses, even admits in his statement that what they're calling for is not full disclosure. I mean, he knows that's a problem. He says, this issue is not about full public disclosure that could undermine national security. But it is about ensuring that our system of checks and balances works across all work done in our government using taxpayer funds. And Graves, the other pilot, in his closing statement, he even hints at the real agenda that I was talking about earlier. He says, if UAP are foreign drones, it is an urgent national security problem. If they are something else, it's an issue for science. Then he says, the absence of UAP reporting for commercial pilots creates a domain awareness gap in our airspace. If China is operating advanced UAP near Hawaii and commercial pilots are observing it routinely, today there is no way to connect those dots. You can see that this guy thinks that China is more of a threat than aliens because he just said there that UAPs from a foreign adversary are a national security threat, while something else is an issue for science. I mean, that's, that, that's a statement only made by someone who is unconcerned about extraterrestrials or interdimensional beings invading us and posing a threat to us. I mean, what a, what a stupid thing. Obviously, this guy is unconcerned. No one who actually encountered a UFO from another planet or dimension would say to themselves, now there's an issue for science. Sorry, alien or interdimensional beings don't have time for first contact right now. Got to get back to focusing on drones from China. But if you want someone to dissect you, head over to John Hopkins Research Institute. They'll be happy to, and they'll also respect your pronouns. That's my thoughts on the hearings. There'll be more legislation in the aftermath. There'll be future hearings. At some point, there'll probably be some of those scarier UAP videos that I talked about, or like I said, maybe CNN Tonight does a feature with Anderson Cooper dissecting the, the corpse of an alien or interdimensional, they, them being, or some sort of false flag, Nahara-like staged event. All that stuff's coming, I'm telling you. Anything could happen, really. In fact, the only thing that I'm confident that this hearing won't lead to is full disclosure about what they know about UFOs and aliens. Because it's a psyop. Either way, it'll be fun to watch. All right, let's look at some of this legislation that's already been passed. I mean, already related to all this. They're going to be talking about it today. And apparently it was uh, because of Grush's initial interview. That was enough for some people to just get on board with all of this because after his he blew the whistle, as they call it, that's when they started producing this new UAP legislation designed to bring about greater transparency on that UAP issue, they claim anyway. And it's interesting because the left and the right, especially the far left and the far right, they not only never agree on anything, their average daily discourse consists of them shouting at each other, either in person or online, usually online, calling each other terrorists and, and not calling each other terrorists and Nazis. That's what they do on a regular basis, except somehow they have decided this is worth setting aside their differences for, putting down their swastikas and terrorist manifestos and working together in a bipartisan effort from Congress to go up against the Pentagon, who they claim is hiding information from them and the American people. Instead of using all of those terrorist and Nazi skills against each other, they are now uniting together, combining their forces to try and force the Pentagon 
to release more UAP information that they believe is being hidden from everyone. Here's what they've come up with so far. On the House of Representatives side, they included a provision in a sweeping spending bill, this is a couple of weeks ago, that called for the declassification of certain reports on unidentified aerial phenomena, and the provision instructed the DOD that they have 180 days after the enactment of the bill to declassify any DOD documents or other records relating to UAPs. They only got 180 days to do it. They gave them an ultimatum, one with an exception, however, according to the provision, the DOD only has to declassify records that relate to already publicly known sightings of UAPs. And furthermore, they only have to declassify ones that do not reveal sources, methods, and other material that would compromise national security. So they have that carve out. I mean, can't they just claim that anything relates to national security and methods or whatever? Like one of them could say, my method for tracking UAPs is to do yoga every morning. That's how I do it. I do it every morning to clear my brain so that I can go out and catch the bad guys flying those UAPs around. And in one of the classified documents, I describe how while doing yoga, the location of the UAP came to me. And I don't want that method revealed. Therefore, this document cannot be released. Reveal sources and methods. Therefore, this document cannot be released because it reveals my method of locating UAPs by finding them in a meditative state while doing yoga. Only those with the highest level of security clearance can read this. The more interesting bill that they introduce is the one introduced by Chuck Schumer, which is called the Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena Disclosure Act of 2023, appealing to the whole disclosure movement in the UFO conspiracy community. That's For years, that has been a term associated with conspiracy theorists and UFOologists. Well, according to the press release from his office, the amendment would increase transparency around UAPs and further open scientific research on the subject. In a statement on the new bill, Schumer said that for decades, many Americans have been fascinated by mysterious and unexplained objects, and it's long past time that they got some answers. The American public has a right to learn about the technologies of unknown origins, non-human intelligence, and unexplainable phenomena. We are not only working to declassify what the government has previously learned about these phenomena, but to also create a pipeline for future research to be made public. I am honored to carry on the legacy of my mentor and dear friend Harry Reid and fight for the transparency that the public has long demanded surrounding these unexplained phenomena. So yeah, Chuck Schumer, just trying to reveal the truth to the American people once and for all. Just one problem with that there for me. Chuck Schumer is full of shit. Chuck Schumer leading the fight for something that for decades conspiracy theorists have been the only ones fighting for, which is alien disclosure. That doesn't really sit right with me and probably not a lot of people because Schumer has spent the past six years calling conspiracy theorists deranged, racist, QAnon, domestic terrorist, insurrectionist. And yet now he's championing the cause of alien disclosure, which all of those same people have been fighting for for decades. You can't call conspiracy theorists a QAnon domestic terrorist racist insurrectionist on one day and then turn right around and claim that you are their champion for the cause of disclosure the next. That's why this is all disingenuous and not serious. I mean, where are the headlines about how Chuck Schumer is now aligning himself with QAnon? You know, before I can believe that Chuck really wants true transparency for the American people in relation to UFOs, I'd like, I'd like to get a little uh, 
transparency on, on the subject of Hunter Biden's laptop from him. I mean, we have a guy here telling us he's fighting for transparency and, and finally telling American people the truth who also told us that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. Again, kind of hard to trust someone like that. Here are some of the details of Schumer's bipartisan legislation. What it would do is it would establish what's called a UAP records collection, which would be housed at the National Archives. And this would be a centralized place for all UAP records to be kept. And every government organization would be required to identify the records they have that fall into this category. And then they would have to submit copies to that records collection archive. The idea is that anything that goes into the archive would have the presumption of immediate disclosure meaning that it would be disclosed to the public. That is, unless a newly formed independent review that this law also would create decided after an evaluation that the documents should not be disclosed for the sake of national security. This new records board that would be established after they do their evaluation and decide that certain information should be disclosed publicly for all the world to see, it would then be required that that information is disclosed publicly and no later than 25 years after this bill is enacted. So exciting stuff there. Good things come to those who wait. Just, you got to be very patient because it's coming. You got to wait it out a couple decades and you'll find out the truth. Oh, and even if the board does deem something can be disclosed, the president has the full power to reverse that. A few other interesting things in the bill as well. It would require anyone currently or formally under contract with the federal government that has in their possession material or information provided by or derived from the federal government related to unidentified anomalous phenomena that formerly or is currently protected by any form of special access or restricted access to notify the director of the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office within 60 days of the enactment of this bill and provide within 180 days, six months, a comprehensive list of all non-Earth origin or exotic unidentified anomalous phenomena material. So they have to hand all this shit over. Basically, the bill attempts to draw out any of these secret government operations going on because the idea is that things have been compartmentalized. People don't know what other people are developing within the government, and they want everybody to see it so they can put it together, accelerate the process of development. What's interesting, though, is that this would, this clause in the bill, would seemingly require whoever has those 12 downed alien crafts that Michael Schellenberger says he's cooperated from a credible, unnamed source in government. So those apparently exist, according to him. Now we have a law that would require whoever has them to bring them forth and show them to us. Maybe they will. I hope so. I'd love to see them. Finally, the part of the legislation that stood out to me the most is the part about how this bill gives the federal government eminent domain over any and all recovered technologies of unknown origin and biological evidence of non-human intelligence that may be controlled by private persons or entities in the interest of the public good. So the government essentially with this bill is saying that they now own all of the non-human intelligent technology for the sake of the public good and they can just come out and confiscate it, which raises the question, how do they define non-human intelligence? We know how Grush defined it, either alien or interdimensional technology, but how do they define it by this law? According to the amendment, they define it like this. Non-human intelligence means any sentient, intelligent, non-human life form, regardless of the nature or ultimate origin, that may be presumed responsible for unidentified anomalous phenomena or of which the federal government has become aware. So any sentient, non-human life form the government becomes aware of becomes the government's property, which raises another important question. How do they define sentient? 
they don't, which makes me wonder if under the purview of this bill with such flexibility like that, at what point would AI become sentient? How do we define that? Because if it crosses that line, the rest of the definition fits. AI is non-human intelligence. I mean, literally. Artificial intelligence is by definition non-human intelligence. So if they can flexibly define some AI as being sentient, then I guess under this law, they can just go confiscate any AI technology innovations made by a private company or a private citizen. I hope someone asks this question at the hearings. I mean, that seems like an important question. It's like nothing you create is yours if the government wants it. Like another situation might be an asteroid falls in the corner of some dude's farm and it's got a whole bunch of precious metals in it. That's the government's, I guess. They can confiscate that. It's kind of a shitty deal. If nobody owns it or nobody knows where it came from, just this one entity gets to have it. That's, that's bullshit. And even worse, if a real alien or an interdimensional being that is intelligent visits us, an alien from outer space comes to Earth to make first contact, as soon as that alien steps foot on Earth, according to this law, it becomes the property of the United States government. It is enslaved. That's kind of like what they did to Superman in Crisis on Infinite Earth. They locked him up and they studied him, which is exactly what this would do to a sentient alien being that visited from outer space. They should call this bill the Alien Enslavement Bill. Another definition that I find to be helpful because it clears up the whole, is it UAP, UFO, what's the difference? They say that unidentified anonymous phenomena includes what were previously described as flying disc, flying saucers, unidentified aerial phenomena, unidentified flying objects, and unidentified submerged objects. At least that's helpful. I think the takeaway from this legislation is that when Chuck Schumer says he's fighting for transparency, what he's actually fighting for is the government's right to steal your intellectual property related to any future technological advancement you might discover. One more final definition from the bill to leave you with. I thought this was an interesting requirement that it has in there because this is a qualification. They list out qualifications of people who can be on the review board when they're selecting committee members. Maybe Hunter Biden, somebody who buys Hunter Biden's artwork can get on that board. But this is how they evaluate it. Here's what they say. A person appointed to the staff of the review board shall be a citizen of integrity and impartiality who has no previous or current involvement with any legacy program or controlling authority relating to the collection, exploitation, or reverse engineering of technologies of unknown origin or the examination of biological evidence of living or deceased non-human intelligence. So that's unfortunate. If you've ever done an autopsy on the corpse of an alien or interdimensional being, you can't be on Schumer's UAP review board or a staff member. I don't know how handling a dead alien body is, is disqualifying, but apparently it is. Can you imagine that? You go through this entire interview process like six interviews, you think everything's going great, you think you got it in the bag, but right before they make the offer, the interviewer says, one more quick formality, you've never put your hands on an interdimensional or alien corpse, have you? You have. I'm sorry, that's, that's a deal breaker. Hey, I saw this perfect opportunity, job opportunity for you, the UAP Collections Archive. They're looking for advisory board members, and I just think that you'd be perfect for it, and you should apply. I can't, I... I've touched a dead alien body. 
All right, that's where I'm going to wrap up the show for today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening in. We'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.